Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Up in your football knowledge, class is now in session. What a wild and crazy week seven. We're back, man. This NFL season is flying by. So many things going down. The the Thursday night game that got us kick-started, Denver Broncos whooped up on the Cardinals 45-10. Mike McCoy gets fired. My Mac buddy, Byron Leftwich takes over as offense coordinator. I think Byron will do a great job. I mean, you know what? It, it, it You know, yes, it's play calling, but you got to have the people around you. You have to be executing. It's about converting third downs, beating other teams on, in situational football, converting touchdowns in the red zone instead of field goals, not turning the ball over, especially pick sixes. There's so many things that go into winning football games more than coaching. Yes, I mean, coaching is definitely more than half the battle, but players got to bring it. I mean, players are the ones on the field making these plays, and you see it all the time. I mean, great players make great plays, you know, and you just see it uh, all too often. But um, what a weekend, though. What a weekend. I think, uh, firstly, I want to start off with the Titans. You know, Titans and Chargers playing in London. What a game. Phillip Rivers, I mean, the guy is just, I mean, he's remarkable. He's continuing to play good football. This Chargers team is a team uh, on the rise that's been playing a lot better the last few weeks. Rivers, 19-26, 306 yards, two touchdowns. Look, the Titans had an opportunity at the end of the ball game, and I want to hear from uh, Coach Vrabel of why he chose to go for it. But, uh, you know, I told the team that um, we made a decision that we're going to be aggressive, and early in the, the drive, when that drive started, I thought in my mind uh, that if we scored, when we scored, um, if there was less than 40 seconds, we were going to go for two, and we are going to win the game. And if there was, you know, if it was a minute and, and 30, we are going to, you know, kick the extra point and, and go play defense. So, um, you know, I got a lot of faith in our players. They've been, you know, converting – third downs and converting in those situations and Marcus was you know, you know doing everything we need him to do and keeping plays alive and so you know, I can't not gonna second guess the call um, just didn't work out what I love about what coach Vrabel said was he had a plan look he knew if he scored with under 40 some seconds remaining or so he was going for the win you know he wasn't gonna give the ball back to Phillip Rivers who just had a day who th- threw for 300 some yards and two touchdowns he was going for the win. Now, if they would have scored with a lot more time left, like a minute 30 left, look, you kicked the extra point, take your chances going to overtime. Um, but but what a game. I mean, what a game. And, you know, the Titans played well, 60% on third down. Uh, the Chargers, 44%. So this was a good battle overall. Look, the Titans, I've said it before, they're a team you have to go into football games and not turn the football over. You just can't. I mean, you just can't afford to do that. Mariota's not the type that's going to sling it around the yard like a Phillip Rivers, but Mariota does bring his plays. The dude uh, made some huge plays on that that last drive to put him in position. Look, we thought he would have scored with 33 seconds left. The call uh, was he was down on the one. So what do they run? They run Spider 3 Y Banana, and um, they hit Luke. Luke Stocker in the flat for the touchdown tight end on a fourth and goal. So 
Vrabel sees that ha- that sees that happen. So then he's like, "Look, we have the momentum. I'm going for the win." And I love that. Why even take the chance? You have a chance right there to go for two and if you make it, you win the football game. If not, you kick it, you tie. Now you're hoping you know, uh, you get the ball to start start overtime, that you can score a touchdown. You're hoping Phillip Rivers doesn't get the ball and drive down the field and throw a touchdown. A lot of other things you got to consider. But in this, in this instance, he was very decisive on it, and that's what he said in his press conference, that they went for it. And look, his players love it. And I know there was some uh, talking about Vrabel going forward or not letting emotions get in the way, but we're seeing that a lot around the league right now. A lot of teams are going for it on fourth down, and look, those are backbreaking situations because defenses think on third down if they can stop you that that's it. You're either punting, kicking a field goal, whatever, but that's not the case anymore, and that's actually what's making this game pretty exciting. You know, Mariota did play pretty well, 24-32, 237 yards and a touchdown, uh, which was pretty cool. And, you know, talk about going for it on fourth down, man. Look at these – look at the Saints, okay? The Saints in the game they had was just – I mean, it was impressive. I mean, in the opening drive, they went for it on fourth down four times. Four times on the opening drive. And, you know, with a fake fake punt by uh, um, Taysom Hill. And, you know, he's the up back. He, they directly snap it to him. Later on in the drive, they, they utilize him again. Um, that opening drive, it, it didn't convert into points. But, shoot, it's a 10-minute drive. It's a 10-minute drive to open up the game. And you have Joe Flacco sitting on the sideline. You're setting a, a tempo. You're setting a standard. And you know what? That, that helped him for – the course of the game and helping help them out uh, later on in the game because it just, you know, like I said, it, it set the tempo and it had their guys understanding that, look, we're going for the win in this game. And, and that's what I love. I love about Sean Payton. And um, I mean, Sean Payton's the dude. I mean, he designs those plays and he's going to put his guys in right opportunities to make plays. And, um, you know, that's what, that's what's pretty sweet. But I, I just love the fact because then in the fourth quarter, the Saints do go for it again on fourth down. That's when Drew Brees kind of jumped over line, got blasted. I kind of got nervous on that one. Uh, but that was that ended up being the go-ahead touchdown right there. Um, and then, you know, they were only up by four at that point. And Saints drive again and kick a field goal to go up by seven. And then that's when um, the Ravens, come back and put a little drive together, nice little drive. And my man, my main man, <laughs> I really hate this guy because I played when I was with the Steelers. We played him. He was the cockiest SOB out there ever. And he misses the extra point. He misses the extra point. Justin Tucker, what do you have to say about that? All right, well, uh, I'll just say this. I'll offer this to you guys. Um, Every kicker, every football player is going to come across a moment, uh, a challenging moment. Um, you know, every kicker is going to, if you play long enough, you're going to have a kick that you want back. And tonight was that night for me. Um, you know, but like Joe said, uh, the only thing that we can do is just go to work and try to make, you know, the best out of a bad situation. Um, 
you know, I, I appreciate the efforts of my teammates putting us in a position to extend the game. Um, and unfortunately, I just wasn't able to put the ball through the uprights. Um, but, uh, you know, more than anything, I just wanted to be here uh, as a, I don't know, I, if I was going to ever teach my son or any young person about accountability, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was really important that I, you know, stand up here and answer whatever questions you guys may have. You know what? After seeing this, um, I have a lot of respect for him. Look, he's one of the best, if not the best kicker in the league. Young kicker. I mean, Vinatieri's the best, but Justin Tucker, man, he's solid. I mean, first miss extra point. The guy brings it week in and week out. He's mentally tough. And I just really appreciated what he said on that post-game conference. I mean, he was very humbled. And that's what football does, man. Football humbles you. It truly does. And, um, and, and you know, just just the thing of, of holding yourself accountable, you know. And uh, so a lot of respect. And if you've seen my Twitter, posted that nice little picture. And uh, I said, caption this. And... Uh, but that was pretty cool. And shoot, the Steelers just got better on their bye week, and that's always a good thing is when you can um, go into a bye week and come out of it, and now you're leading in your division. And uh, that's what it's about. You know, in the Ravens, the Ravens-Baltimore game, and it was a pretty even match throughout. I mean, both of them around 40% on third down. The Saints 42%, Ravens 41%. Uh, the Saints did have a turnover. Uh, the Ravens didn't. And, um, you know, and Breeze brings it every game just super efficient, 22 of 30, 212 yards and two touchdowns. And um, Joe Flacco, solid game as well, 22, 23 of 39, 279 yards and two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson had a touchdown. He got in there. Um, but interesting game. It was a good matchup. I thought um, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, it was one of the games I was looking forward to. And, yes, I did pick the Saints on NFL radio with Bruce Murray. So, on Thursday from 11 to 3, I'll have to give him some crap on that. I also um, picked the Bengals. I know. Look, I picked the Bengals because I was just hoping they'd give them a game. Um, not thinking they'd actually win it. So, but... And I want to look at the the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers. I'm just very impressed with this win by the Panthers. I mean, this was a huge win. Carolina, 45% on third down. The Eagles, uncharacteristic, like only 25% on third down. The Eagles had a turnover. You know, Cam Newton just came with it. 269 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Seven carries for 49 yards, and that's what this guy brings you. I mean, when you get down in the tight red zone, you just hold, you just hand the ball off to him, or just direct snap to him, and and lead lead the way with the other 10 guys on the field. I mean, the, the guy's hard to stop, and I was just impressed with uh, how he played in this football game. And Funches. Six receptions, 62 yards, one touchdown. That dude's pretty pretty special. And McCaffrey, uh, six receptions, 51 yards. And he's a threat in the passing game. They did a really good job. A huge third down and two conversion um, that they needed there at the end of the one of the, at the end of the ball game. And uh, huge conversion. And 
Um, but big win. I mean, huge win for, for the Panthers. Wentz uh, does it again. I mean, 30-37, 310 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Wentz is, Wentz is that guy. I mean, he just brings it week in and week out now. I mean, the Eagles are just struggling. I mean, no really secure running back right now using Smallwood a little bit. Adams, uh, Corey Clement, you know, he's a Super Bowl hero last year. And then Ertz, Ertz is Wentz's favorite target. Nine catches, 138 yards. Ertz does it. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, 88 yards in the touchdown. Wentz has his weapons, and it was um, it was a good game. But, man, for Carolina to pull this out, uh, that that's a huge victory for them. And Ron Rivera, he's a good coach. You look, my brother Gino played with him for a while, and um, so he does a good good job over there with them. Now I want to turn towards uh, the Chiefs and Bengals. More importantly, look, I want to talk about my guy Kareem Hunt, a Toledo guy, broke all kinds of records at Toledo, leading rusher at Toledo and uh, Toledo history. And, you know, he sits back, waits for his opportunity while the rest of the, the studs on his team are just lighting it up week in and week out. All the attention is on Patrick Mahomes. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt just continues to do it day in and day out. And he comes in last night, 15 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, he does it in the passing game too. Five catches, 55 yards and two touchdowns. He had three touchdowns on the night. It was just it was just special to see. And I want to hear uh, what Andy Reid has to say about Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem um, is well, what he did last year, too. But, I mean, he's playing uh, as well as any running back in the National Football League. Uh, he's not only running the ball like crazy, he's catching the football. Um, I actually took him out before he broke the 100-yard uh, marker, had an opportunity to for this game, but he would have done that. It was great to get Spence in and get him some work. Um, you know, he, he hasn't had quite that load up to this point, and uh, those legs were heavy towards the end there so but it was good to get him work but my hat goes off to Kareem I just I think he's uh playing great football right now and, and tough football so he's uh, uh punishing right now and that's um you know that's something to watch I mean that's pretty special that's pretty special hearing it from Andrew Reed talking about he is playing the best out of all the NFL running backs right now I mean and he's doing it. he is and he did it last year look NFL best, 1,327 yards. Caught 53 passes for 455 yards. Had 11 touchdowns on the year. I mean, Kareem Hunt had an unbelievable uh, year as a rookie. And he's doing it again. I mean, I'm just I'm just happy for him because they have a ton of weapons over there in Kansas City. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 28 of 39, 358 yards, four touchdowns. One interception, that, that came late. It was almost like the game was out of hand. But, you know, Mahomes looked looked too similar to Aaron Rodgers at times. And the the parts that I saw the similarity was just him scrambling outside the pocket a little bit. Very smooth runner, poised, looking downfield, getting as much yard as he can, get out, getting out of bounds. He had four rushes for 45 yards. You know, on his one touchdown to Kareem Hunt, you know, it's a bootleg, and when you boot out, you look at the f- the flat first, and that's Kareem Hunt. He was, he was covered down, so his eyes go to his over route or his corner, whatever one. 
And then if it's they're not there, he attacks the defense almost like a fast break, like a point guard. And as the defense starts attacking Patrick Mahomes, boom, he kicks it off to the right uh, to Kareem Hunt for the touchdown. Kareem Hunt just doing what he does. Great awareness on the sideline. Terrific catch and then extend the ball out, keeping both feet in bounds uh, to stay in bounds for the touchdown. And, you know, Kareem Hunt's doing it. It, it. You know, I'm happy to see it. Toledo guy had a lot of success at Toledo, third round pick, and he just goes to a great situation. You know, he's a very talented running back, can do it all in, in the running game and the passing game. And nowadays that's what you have to do. And, um, you know, Travis Kelsey, five catches, 95 yards. Tyreek Hill, he's like a video game. Seven catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Should have had two touchdowns, but he uh, he actually dropped one. He actually dropped one. So, um, but man, this Chiefs team, they are scary. They are scary, and you know, the Bengals though, where, where it turned around for me, it was only seven nothing in the second quarter. And that botched fake punt or whatever Cincinnati was trying to do. And look, you know, long snapper Harris, I played with him in Cincy. He looked like he was snapping the ball to Kevin Huber. Like they were trying to punt the football, it looked like. And it did not look like it was supposed to go to the up back. Maybe he possibly thought it was. There was just a communication there um, by someone and just it, it just but that's you cannot make a mistake against this Kansas City football team you really can't you ha- almost have to play perfect because they will really take advantage of it and they have such a high-powered offense they they can score just like that it's not going to take them long so you really can't give them that kind of field position and Dalton 15 to 29 148 yards and a touchdown and one interception um you know Mixon man Mixon's pretty special you know, he, you know, utilizing him out of the backfield as well, but he's a good back. A.J. Green, though, continues to do it. Seven catches, 117 yards. And A.J., man, he's one of the best dudes I know. I was fortunate enough to play with him in Cincinnati. Hey, I actually threw him his first touchdown pass. So, you know, I'm going to hang my hat on that. That's that's my claim to fame now that I'm all washed up, sitting on my couch being a Monday morning quarterback. But uh, A.J. Green's a great dude. Happy to see he's doing well. And the Bengals, though, man, the Bengals with that loss, it was tough, you know, because it puts Pittsburgh now ahead in that division with, you know, Pittsburgh beating Cincinnati the week before. And uh, Pittsburgh will come out of, you know, their bye week against the Browns. And Kansas City, man, Kansas City basically got um, the hardest part of their schedule out of the way. And now, um, you know, they, they realistically could run the table. I mean, you never know in the NFL. You always have to bring it. But, you know, they had a huge win in Pittsburgh. I mean, they beat the Broncos in Denver. We saw that game. And we talked about Jaguars, Patriots. They go down to the Patriots. I mean, that was, that was their toughest match. You know Belichick was going to bring it. But now they got the Broncos, the Browns, Cardinals, and then we're going to all be ready for that Rams matchup. I mean, that is going to be the game of the year right there. The Chiefs-Rams, November 19th, 8.15 p.m. Prime time, baby. We'll be waiting for it. It's going to be a good one. And um, now I want to go to, to Cleveland. 
A lot of stuff going on in Cleveland right now. Hugh Jackson, are you taking over the play calling or what? No. I never said that I would take over the play calling. I know you didn't say that. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. I mean, I think sometimes things get said, written, whatever that is. When I said I'll do whatever I think I need to do, that is to help, you know. Um, and, and if there was something that I needed to change, I would, regardless of what that may be. You know, I think um, my frustration, and, and again, as a coach, I got to be careful of not getting too frustrated too. You know, when you see things and you want them to happen faster than maybe they are in um, – when you uh, watch our offense play in the second halves like we have, you know, boy, let's see if we can get that in the first half. And if I can assist our offensive coaches, um, you know, Todd, the staff, in any way on offense, because it's something I know and something I think I know how to do pretty well, then I want to help. But I think, I mean, obviously uh, for seven games now, we haven't been able to score much in the first quarter. We haven't started fast enough, you know. So we have, you know, not a very good start and we're, firing on all cylinders, you know, in the second half. So my whole thing there is if we can put it together, uh, first half, second half, then maybe we'll have a better chance of finishing some of these games and, and winning. And I want to take a really good look at it, um, you know, be very thorough through it, watch it all, and see how I can help and infuse myself. I do plan on doing that, infuse myself to help and assist our offensive coaching staff. Look, yes, I agree. Look, you're the head coach. You have to be involved in everything because I mean, it's your assets going down if this doesn't turn around. But I kind of sense a little sense of, look, I got to throw it out there that Haley's not quite doing his job because, look, if he does that, now it also gets the media, it gets us fans thinking what's going on over there. Maybe Haley's not getting the job done and, you know, maybe takes a little pressure off Hugh because, look, Hugh is in the hottest seat of hot as a head coach right now. There's no way you can overlook that. The dude has not won many games. He is starving for some wins in a row. And I just think the Browns get started late. You know, that you know in the second half, they scored three touchdowns out of five. And, you know, one drive was 118 yards because of penalties. And they got no no points. But um, they got a rookie QB who continues to learn and grow. A rookie left tackle and a, a rookie running back. I mean, you're going to have some of this stuff happen. And, and to be honest, I think Haley's the guy there just because Baker Mayfield reminds me so much of Big Ben. And Haley's kind of um, flexibility and just kind of maybe a little more relaxedness is good for a guy like Mayfield because he'll let him kind of do his thing. Mayfield was uh, 23 to 34, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Mayfield got has to continue to try to eliminate sacks. You know, I mean, he, and when you deal with a guy like that, like Mayfield, Big Ben, you're going to give up some sacks because they don't let a play die. You know, and that's what you love about them, that they have that type of personality. But the Browns on defense had four takeaways. Um, you know, they played tough. You know, they gave up Mike Evans, seven catches, 107 yards. Jameis Winston played all right, 365 yards, uh, two interceptions, though. And the Bucks though, were 46% on third down, while the Browns were 21%. 
You know, the Browns only had one turnover, but it, it was a big one. You know, a, a few decisions that I don't I don't think I agree with. You know, at the end of the half there, I think you just get points. Why uh, when it's 16-2, to two, you know, just, just settle for the field goal right before half. I mean, I look, I'm all about being aggressive, so it's not like I'm that pissed about it because um, Mayfield did have it. Just put the ball in your opposite hand or when you know you're running – tuck the football away because there's always guys chasing you. I mean, Mayfield's not the fastest dude out there on the field. So you have to put the ball away and you have to protect it. Um, But, you know, the Browns, they got turnovers, red zone, red zone fringe. I mean, on on the opposite side of 50, especially in overtime. Now, Winston throws an interception. They get the ball on the other side of the 50. They don't do anything with it. Um, And then – you know, not too long after, in overtime, you know, the fumbled punt by Peppers. You know, it just, you know, it can't happen. And then Winston's sitting there with a third and 29. He gets a huge completion to make it a 59-yard field goal. So there's a lot of things that go into this that, look, it's a team effort. And I know you could start pointing fingers at play calling and this and that, and your offense does have to start, you know, putting some points on the board, especially early on in the football game. But I don't know if you go as far as there has to be some clarity over there. It has to be black and white. Who's calling the plays, who's not. And, I mean, I guess it doesn't. Hughes, Hughes the head coach, and he continues to tell us that. But he's got to get – he's got to get some wins. I mean, he – he – He's got to win over there because the hottest seat of ever that I've ever seen in the NFL is Hugh Jackson right now. Chubb with 18 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry, man, he's pretty sweet on that one touchdown, diving for it. He had the the knowledge, awareness to slide and reach the ball out, knowing he wasn't tagged down yet. Um, and I love his attitude in Joku. Uh, continue to come through. He played. He played pretty well, and um, but the Browns are up. They got a t- tough test. I mean, they're going into Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's coming off the bye. Um, the one thing about Pittsburgh coming off the bye, Pittsburgh starts off slow. I feel like so the Browns have been playing. The Browns are used to these overtime games, um, you know. So. But then it doesn't get easier. I mean, the Browns got the Steelers, then the Chiefs, you know, and the, the rest of the season. I mean, they got the Bengals again. They got the, the Ravens. Um, so it's not going to get easy, easy for you Browns fans. But I also think, look, with Mayfield, you're always going to be in tight games. And the thing that honestly stinks is you should have won a lot more games than you actually did. You should have beat the Steelers actually in week one. You should have beat the Saints, field goals. You did beat the Jets. The Raiders, that fourth and one. So, man, it just, that's how this, honestly, the NFL is. It's partly luck. It's being at the right place at the right time. Um, it's just insane how, how it works out. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you are what your record says you are. And we see it all the time. And, you know, hey, it is what it is. You are what your record says you are. And in Pittsburgh, we're still waiting to see Le'Veon Bell. Still nothing. 
And this is, uh, I think this how I think this how teammates are feeling right now. I think that's what they're saying to Le'Veon Bell. They like me better when I'm with you, Le'Veon. Show up, Pouncey just said, I'm enjoying the ride like you guys. I want to see how it plays out. I'm waiting to see just like everyone else. No bets are out there. Trust me. I think we're just enjoying the process. See how it plays out. And hopefully the best for him. Uh, defensive Cam Hayward insisted that the storyline hasn't worried the locker room. And this is from ESPN.com. It's everybody else in our locker room. We're not even worried about it. It's unfair for me to even talk about him. And he'll have to answer his questions when he wants to, Hayward said. But we're not talking about it right now. We've got Cleveland Browns football, and if he joins along the way, so be it. But it's not fair to everybody in this locker room and Le'Veon himself for us to keep talking about it. Um, you know, Bell, who forfeits 855000 for each week, he fails to sign his $14.5 million franchise tag, told ESPN on October 1st that he would play football this year and did not expect to be traded. ESPN reported Bell expected to return on the week 7-8 time frame. That window ends this Sunday. And me personally, I kind of think he's holding out until the bye week. Um, now, Bell must report by November 13th, the Tuesday of week 11, in order to play this season. Bell also said the team had planned on placing the transition tag on him during the offseason, and he bought a loss of value insurance policy to protect him this year. Well, then show up if you bought that. I mean, he, you know, he, he he's saying he's missing games to preserve his body. Um, you know, s- several players have said they couldn't care less when Bell shows, but will embrace him upon his return. Don't expect any major adjustments. Um, Ramon Foster said, I haven't talked to him. Nobody has. We're in a wait-and-see situation like you guys. Um Foster says he salutes Bell's business fight, but wouldn't get into different scenarios Bell might be thinking. Uh, and, you know, Bell's replacement, Connor, entered the bye week with 453 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns, both ranking among the league's top five before Sunday. Pouncey was hesitant when asked if the team was now used to playing without Bell, though. I don't want to say that because he's been a great player. He's done a lot of great things, but it's always the next man up, man, Pouncey said. We always live by that code here. Being a Steeler, and he's doing a great job with it. He's excelling at a high rate, and the guys on the team are loving it. Look, I saw the interview with with James Conner. Him and Bell are really tight. They get along. You know, I don't think there's any animosity there for sure. Look, in the NFL, you need two good backs. Look what the, the New England Patriots are doing it. With uh, Sony Michelle and you know James White, those guys get it done, and you need two good backs. And Bell needs that too. I'm telling you, when he comes back, he's not going to carry it every single time. You know, he's gonna he needs to um, share the workload, and he's going to want to share the workload. And I'm just I'm, I am surprised though that he hasn't showed up yet. Um, he's got to get back in shape and. It could it would be huge for the Steelers, especially this week for the Browns. I think the Steelers are in a better place than the Browns. There's some animosity going inside the Browns locker room. You know, they're unsure about the head coach. Honestly, if you're a player in that position, 
you know his ass is almost out of there because you're not winning. I mean, I know there's a lot of young guys. Look, the Browns have made a tremendous step forward this year, but still, it's about wins and losses. And I know I just rattled through how they should have won some of those early games against Steelers, Saints, whether it's field goals, whether it's turnovers, what it was, they should have won. And, but they didn't, so your record is what it is. And the Steelers, though, if they could get Bell around this time and then have him for the following week against the Ravens, because the Steelers have some tough matchups throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, they're going to face the Chargers. They're going to face the Patriots, the Saints, the Bengals again. You know, to get to the playoffs and try to win this division, the Steelers, got they have a long road ahead of them, and they do need Bell. They need Bell to to help them get to it. Look, they're capable of making plays without them, but to really maximize that offense, you need two good running backs, and it's going to take the workload off of Big Ben as well. That offensive line can get it done. So we'll see. We'll see. And in Pittsburgh, I know they're missing Bill. I know they want him around. And um, whether they say it or not, um, this is how I think they're feeling. When are you going to show, Bell? When are you going to show? So we'll see. And until next time, thank you, Social Gastropub and Pilgrimage Hospice in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tune in this week, 93.7 The Fan on Wednesdays, 3 to 4. NFL Radio, uh, 11 to 3 on Thursdays with my man Bruce Murray, my co-host. We get it in. You guys have a good one. Thanks. Thanks.